What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the True Christian Ministry Podcast. Uh, it is, what is today? February 12th. We are still dealing with some internet stuff, guys. So if there's going to be a delay between JD and myself, I just want you guys to understand uh, that we got the funds over there and they're going to be getting the uh, router. So just deal with us a little bit, a little bit more um, as we push through on the internet tr struggles. Exactly. Good morning. <laughs> and uh, now I'm just I'm going to wait like a second before I speak so that it's it's not too bad. I'm going to try and fiddle with these uh, settings in a minute. But good to be back. Good to see everybody. Hope everybody's been blessed and uh, mm -hmm. taking some necessary time away from social media and spending some much needed time in prayer and in the Bible because the world scene today what we're seeing is and and you said it on one of your videos um christians should be judging those you know we we, we constantly get constantly get attacked christians mustn't judge christians are not to judge we're told to judge righteously mm -hmm. we've got a lot a whole lot of people that claim the name of jesus christ and with uh, and at the same time they've got nothing to say when you clearly see uh, things that are in violation to God's law, to God's standard, and and Christians are going well. I'm not doing it, so I'm just going to keep quiet and sit in the corner. And and that's kind of that's kind of just just to preface. That's that's kind of what this episode is about. Let's address a couple of things going on in the world today, um, and let's see what the Word of God has to say about it. Amen. I agree. And that's, yeah, that is the purpose of tonight, but tonight's going to be a little bit different than normal. So let me go ahead and just explain this for everybody. So, uh, we've got people on YouTube watching and people on Facebook watching and people on TikTok watching. However, we understand how TikTok is. So at a certain point, we will shut off TikTok and continue the conversation here on the podcast. Um, and at that point, you'll have your last opportunity if you're watching on TikTok to come on over to YouTube. The comments are on on YouTube. So honestly, if you're watching right now on TikTok and you want to be a part of this conversation, you can come on over and join us. Uh, but we're not going to risk losing uh, the entire channel uh, because we understand how TikTok is. And we reach people with the gospel at the channel. So we're going to save that specifically for uh, talking here on um, YouTube. So that's your first warning. And then when we get to that point, we'll cut it then. So that topic that you all know about is what we're going to talk about at that point. So we're going to start somewhere else. And JD hit it out, uh, hit the nail on the head. Like it's something that we need to really uh, pay attention to as Christians because what we're walking into uh, 2024, right? Let's just call it this year ahead of us. And we've kind of already made that point. Um, we might have lost JD for a moment. I'm sure he'll come back in. If not, we got out oh, there. He is. Um, we made this point at the beginning of the year with the podcast that we want to really just focus on how we walk with the Lord this year and getting back to the basics. But one thing we need to talk about, and a lot of people are scared to talk about it almost seems like is the culture and how we need to be addressing it because this culture keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And if we keep playing this, like it's not there kind of like, uh, you know, just pay it no mind, whatever. It's getting worse and it's getting closer to our families, closer to our homes, uh, our children that we're raising. I mean, I meet a lot of Christians, JD, and I don't know if you could, are you still with us, JD? If you hear me on that, let yeah, me know. Can you hear me? 
Okay, cool. We do. If you want, how about yeah. try this, JD? Turn off your camera and just use the microphone right now. We don't need to see your face, yeah. and that should help you out with the signal. So yeah, we're, we're, we're this is fine. Um, so yeah, uh, like I was saying. In fact, look, see, we'll add you like a little guest. They'll make me the big screen today. Um. <laughs> Oh, it looks like the delay went away once you turned the camera off. You were pretty close on yeah. that when I did that. Um, cool. There we go. Um, oh, I lost my track of thought. Oh, but in, in today's generation, we need to understand that because I know there's Christians scared to have children because of this generation that we're in. Um, and that's it's hey, I'll be honest with you. As a father, like I get worried about it. In fact, I told my 13-year-old tonight, I said, um, you know, kids are going to offer you drugs. Kids are going to at, at, try and do these things, and it's going to happen soon in your life. Like, I didn't have to worry about that until, you know, high school. But my son's in, like, seventh grade, and I'm surprised if he hasn't already had these opportunities come to him. Uh, because the world's parents, the, wor the parents of the world are allowing their children to grow up so fast because of their, they're allowing them on social media. And if we act like that's not an issue, if we're only taking care of our kids, if we're only pouring into them biblical values, 30 minutes a week at Sunday school, and they're in the world for 47 hours a week, like, what do you expect to happen? And we need to talk about that. We need to be able to say, I'm willing to tell my son, no, you can't play on that game because of the, what happens there. Or no, you're not going to have sleepovers because I don't know those parents and I don't know how they raise their kids. Are you at the point where we're willing to do that to protect our children and, and get called things and looked at certain ways, right? I, I don't know. What's it like in South Africa with that, bro? Yeah, it's 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 the same thing. It's it's a, it's, This is a global, and, and I've, I've said this for the last few years, um, for those people that know me closely, um, that the real pandemic um, that faces us as humanity today or as women and men in, in the world today, the real pandemic is the fact that men have stopped being men, women have decided to start being men, and vice versa, and you can now identify as whatever you feel like today. Um, and there is no real consequence. There is no real consequence. There is no real repercussion. There is no real who are you. Um, identity is not something that is that is that is your core anymore, but identity is rather a, an emotion that's forever fleeting. So we see a, a, an entire generation of so-called so-called Christians who have adapted to this and 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 again when when people say why are you so harsh about the prosperity gospel because i get people oh well people still get saved and people still get saved in their church and people still find jesus yes th this could be the case but the reality is is they're finding a false christ they're finding a false christ because they've come to jesus because of emotions then they'll respond to every other emotion along the way and ultimately what we find is we've got a whole bunch of people who have the, what I like to call the Judas tragedy. You're walking so closely with the man Christ Jesus. You, you know about the man Christ Jesus. You've heard about the wonders of the man Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. You've heard about the death, burial, and resurrection of the man Christ Jesus, but you don't know him. You've got no idea who he is. You've got no idea what he came to accomplish. And ultimately, this is this is where 
all sorts of problems bleed into the church and into the gospel is because we're allowing things that God has never allowed. And we're going, okay, well, it's 2024. We need to get with the times. We need to get with the times. Jesus Christ doesn't change. Absolutely. And I, that's why I take it straight to, as soon as you said that, I take it straight to Romans 12, um, because I've said it before, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And sadly, there are a lot of Christians that want to conform to the world. They want to, I mean, they may, maybe not, they don't, they might not want to, let me not put that there, but they're kneeling. They're kneeling for the statue. And I talked about this recently, like it might not look like kneeling, but you're kneeling when you're willing to bow your head down and not pay attention to certain things and not stand for certain things. And it's Amen. really a, a, a timid Christianity. Um, so by the way, TikTok, a uh, couple more minutes left and we're going to be cut. Like I said, it's not going to be long. We're going to be cutting off soon for anybody new that came over to TikTok. We're about to start talking about certain topics that, you know, TikTok doesn't allow. So again, last warning, I'll let y'all know here in a little bit when we're shutting off and we're sticking to YouTube. But, um, because I also want to talk about some other topics like what's happened with schools and people not living anymore. Right. And these kids and these medications. Why is it that uh, this generation of children are the most depressed generation to ever exist in the time where we have access to the most abundance of everything? But yet they're at the most depressed they've ever been. And we have depression medicine. If we look at the numbers as the depression medicine has been given to these kids, depression numbers is increasing. And it's it's serious. You know, our, every parent in here has been told at one point their kid needs something. Isn't that crazy? that I bet money every parent in here has had that moment where they've had to go, Do does my child need something? Um, because of how quickly people nowadays are just like, I mean, the new the new Disney movie, uh, Inside Out, they got the anxiety emotion and it's like depression emotion. And I understand people will try to say it's the relating to these kids going through these emotions. Nah, feed me with that later. We have been trying to, we have been pouring into these children, these things, these little kids that are like, I have anxiety. You don't even know what anxiety is. Go sit down, little child. What are you anxious about? Homework? Does he like you? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> what you, it, it, but this is the thing. And here's the problem. Ready? Parents today aren't raising their children. So these children have no foundation. And when they get out to the world, the weight of the world crushes them, immediately crushes them because they have no mm -hmm. foundation. Now you can give a child a foundation on Christ and the world's going to hurt them but he won't get crushed because Christ won't allow it. What does Christ say about the rock? He says, if you build your house on the rock, the storms can't do anything. You build it on sand, the storm knocks it over. Notice it wasn't about the house. That child, we put that foundation there. Parents, parents, we built, we build that foundation. This is why when I was promoting, and I still am, by the way, True Play, this is a great episode to promote it. True Play, if you don't know about it, and your you have children that are on their phones. True Play is an app that is Christian based. There's no sexualized ads. There's no adult things, and it's all biblical stuff. And I, I bring that up because I remember when I first did an advertisement for it, I had comments talking about the price. So eight dollars a month is too much for Christian values, but yet you'll buy your Netflix every month. Yet you'll be upset when your child yeah. grows up and, and, and they're not following your values because you were cheap and lazy. You put them in front of an iPad and you expected the iPad to raise mm -hmm. them. Well, I'm ready to start getting off Amen. TikTok. 
Hey, hey, I feel like the conversation's going there. So here it is, guys. Here, uh, if you would like to continue, because I want to talk about the things we're not supposed to talk about. I'm tired of waiting. We're going to dive into it over on YouTube. If you want to participate in the conversation, the chat is open over there. It's youtube.com slash at true Christian, or the link is in the bio. We're going to be talking about LGBT, uh, the trans, and all that stuff. Let me get out here before someone reports me. <laughs> I love you guys. I'll see you on YouTube. And then I'll be back on for the after show in case you miss it. So God bless and go in peace to y'all over there. Um, that'll be, uh, how long is the delay normally? Like five seconds, five, four, three. Okay. All right. TikTok's closed. Let's, 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 go. let's, let's talk though, because here's the thing we need to understand is that if you're not having these conversations with your children, if you're not, and, and I know that this isn't just for parents as well, but as parents, I believe that that's one of the things we really need to discuss like it's being poured into your children so much. And we have to understand that. And here's the thing that's going to be the worst. It's not the world that you have to worry about. It's the wolves that pretend to be Christians and they play this game to make you feel like you're a bad Christian, right? Um, we'll use the Super Bowl ad as an example. It was a yeah. Christian man with a cross washing a trans. To be honest today, I don't even know what the gender is that I would say. It was a woman maybe? Man, maybe I don't know. And yes, we can play this game of there is meaning behind the idea of washing feet and we should love people of all types. However, Christians aren't stupid. At least I hope you're not. Jesus says to be gentle as doves, but as cunning as serpents or as wise as serpents, depending on your translation. Like there's serious imagery here that 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 we're not dumb about. Like it's being clearly portrayed that because right after that image. It pops up saying Jesus didn't teach hate, right? So it's this, this pushing of the two together, that hate of what Christians have been doing has been towards this group and that we need to stop hating this group. But have Christians hated this group? Is that really what Christians are doing? A world organization doing that is one thing. When Christians start pretending that they don't understand, that's when we have a problem. And yeah. there's a lot of Christians today that play this game where they've turned Christianity into a silent thing that's all about just charity and love. Ladies and gentlemen, if you only give charity and only love people, you won't say you won't help anybody get saved. If you don't bring any yeah. Jesus to someone, you're just comforting them on their deathbed. You're just sitting there next to their yeah. deathbed with the cure in your pocket. You selfish, selfish Christian. See, what people don't realize Amen. is that's what they're doing. You are standing next to their deathbed with the cure in your pocket and you you pet in their head like, it's okay, just let it all fade. You selfish, yeah. selfish Christian because you're, offend, you're worried about offending them because you know they don't want, like if they see the cure, they might get startled at first. Or maybe it's the color they don't like. But regardless, uh, in this analogy, you would rather not offend them because, well, that's their lifestyle. And I, I'm going to let you go, J.D., but I said this in a video earlier that I'm surprised it isn't taken down yet. Satan has spent decades making us look at homosexuality like it's normal. Uh, Vody Bakum has a great sermon on this uh, where he actually goes over a book that was written by certain individuals about how they would do this. And it starts with like jamming and all these different terms that I don't even know all of them. But regardless, it was like this slow transition of, you know, adding them to to movies and shows. And if, if you pay attention, every show from the nineties had one gay character and they were always really cool. Something about them was like, they always had the answer. You go to them when you need something, they're like this perfect friend. And it, like in all the shows they had it as they slowly 
and slowly uh, integrate it to this normal thing. So Christians today think it's normal. So they say, oh, well, we shouldn't judge. You know, that's just them. We would never do that with any other sin. I made my video yeah. earlier and it went over a lot of people's heads where I said, I started speaking about adultery the way that we that people talk about homosexuality and people didn't understand what I was doing. And it kind of was upsetting that people didn't understand it. But I was talking about adultery the way that people talk about homosexuality. Like, I don't want to offend anybody. And some people just, hey, they can't control how they were born. They were born with an attraction to women and he wants women other than his wife. And we just got to make sure we don't offend them when we tell them that adultery is bad. But, you know, you know, do as you do. We would never talk about adultery that way. We would never talk yeah. about dabbling in some murder. murder. And sometimes, you know, you get a little, you get that drive. You just want to stab somebody, right? No. But yet we do that for homosexuality. And if we don't do that, yeah, listen, if we don't do that, then it's going to get to the point where the churches are just exactly what we're seeing. Like it's getting worse. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and we always, we have to go to Isaiah 5, 5 verse 20, which says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And, um, and when we look at this warning, it's, it's imperative that we take it seriously because the desensitization is the word Mike was looking for, um, is, is by desensitizing someone to something. Um, and, and this is also why, and, and we're guilty of this as, uh, as parents as well, where we um, expose our children to unnecessary violence in movies. You're desensitizing them to, to what it means to take another life. We watch these action movies. So oh, again, when, 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 we, when we preach this, this is not, we're not putting, and I just want to preface that by saying that I'm not saying LGBTQ plus is any worse than any other sin no. under the sun. No, it's um, not. Yeah. That's not what we're saying here. But what we are saying is we cannot now start going, okay, certain sins are acceptable because that's how people live today. Um, and that's just how people are today. Um, no, that's not what we do as Christians. As Christians, we still confront the, the, the devil in his face we still wrap our hands around his neck and throttle because it's the same god it's the same god of the old testament jesus christ is the same again hebrews 13 8 he jesus christ is the same yesterday today forevermore so here's the thing and 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 and, and when i say to people it's just been explained incorrectly so mark and i are not going to grab picket fences and 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 walk to the corner of the street to say turn or burn. That's not what we're gonna do. That's that's not. I don't agree with how people attack homosexuality. <laughs> but with that being said, we need to address the fact. And when we go to John chapter eight, we see something beautiful take place over there. We see that Jesus Christ refers to John as the apostle he loved, as the apostle he loved. But what we see is that there is nothing against same-sex love. Nothing against same-sex love. I love my brother Michael. I love all my brothers in Christ. And I love them deeply and dearly. But the love that I have for my brother Michael has got nothing to do 
with any desire of the flesh. I'm glad. Nothing to do with any desire of the flesh. And and when we address this, so and 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 I've spoken to many many who have come out of the homosexual movement and 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 again, it's important that we explain this publicly. God is not against you loving the same sex. He's against the lust thereof. Yeah. He's he's against the lust of the flesh. And this That's is all forms of sexual immorality. This is this is this is sleeping around with multiple partners. This is this is all forms of sexual immorality. Spending your days watching pornography. All of these fall into the same category. They're all sexually immoral. Yes. Go ahead, bro. All right. Uh, yeah, it's hard without seeing you to know the uh, the vocal cues of coming in. So I, I'm glad you said that. Let's talk about this because just in case someone's listening that actually is going to listen, right? Because you never want this to just be an echo chamber, right? My goal isn't just to, just to say things that we all agree as as Christians. My goal is to reach people, right? We have to make sure that that's clear too. It's this thin line that we have to make very clear that one, we don't hate homosexuals. We don't hate people. Why are we so firm on this one sin, though? Well, because, yes, there are other sins that everybody does, but nobody's parading in the street about it. Yes, we we all lie, but we don't have lying parades. We we uh, 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 steal or cheat or get angry or hurt people, but we don't have parades for those things. A Christian would be just offended at an adultery parade. A Christian would be just offended at a, a, a murder parade. In fact... Christians get go, get offended at video games that glorify murder, right? This isn't this isn't uh, uh, we have to make sure it's clear that we don't like that. And what's funny is people don't realize this. I remember the argument in the beginning of this conversation, maybe not the beginning because I'm not that old, but 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when it was really starting to ramp up, it was stay out of our bedroom. But now it is we're coming into the classroom and we're going to teach your kid. And if you tell your kid we can't teach them, then it's bigoted homophobia. Right. Like I remember stay out of our bedroom. And, and it's like it, it somehow goes way beyond that, because here's the truth of it. If people want to be gay, I don't have a problem with that. Go be gay. You have the free will to disobey God all you want. It's not my job. My job's to warn. Ezekiel three is is a verse I go to a lot when Christians act like like you're not supposed to say things to people. They always say, J.D., uh, don't let the one who hasn't sinned cast the first stone. But what they don't realize is we're not casting stones. We're warning them of the one who cast the stone because Jesus is returning the stone that destroys the feet of the, of the statue. And here's what the scripture tells me. If I say to the wicked, this is God speaking. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life. That wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew, I think it's 24, when he says that when I was hungry, you didn't turn to me. When I was all these things, right? But isn't it the same way? Like, look, I should warn someone if I love them. If that was Jesus walking down a path to fire, would you not say Jesus, even though we know he would never walk down a path to fire, regardless, Jesus would never need anything. But if he did, would you not say, Lord, Lord, don't do that. Lord, I'm here for you. Peter yeah. did. He was like, Lord, by no means. No one's going to kill you, Lord. 
<laughs> Peter had to get hit yeah. with the get behind me Satan because he was so jumping up to do that. Right. So, oh, welcome back, JD. Yeah. I just realized you popped back up on screen. Um, so that is a big problem that we need to address is that it's this right in our face. And we have to say this is wrong. We don't condone it because if we don't, then we become this, this, I don't know. We, we've Christianity in one hand, you have to say, okay, it has been prophesied. I'm not surprised. But on the other hand, you're just like, this is it's, it's nonsense that we're the bigots when people are bigoted towards Christians. Like, it's prophetic as, as ever, <laughs> man, does it just, the Lord's words just ring true throughout, uh, generations, but Amen. JD, we need to make sure that parents understand that we need to speak about that. And for example, parents, if you know that movies are putting that in there, you got to tell your kids, no, listen to me. My kids love trolls. They can't watch the newest one. My kids love Toy Story. They can't watch Buzz Lightyear. My kids love uh, animated movies. They can't watch a lot of those newer ones that came out. They can't. And, and you might think it's harmless, but it's not. Because you were the things you saw in cartoons shaped us a little bit. Why do you think our generation yeah. is a little bit different with how we handle altercations? Because Bugs Bunny shot back. But these kids today, Jake was like, oh, you stole from me. I'm going to share with you the things we stole. We grew up with two different yeah. things planted in our brains. Likewise, sexuality gets planted in our brains. And I know this because in my college, I hung. I had to get to know these young men. And you would, it, it hurt me so much to see so many young men admitting to dealing with either pornography addictions or same-sex attraction and the same-sex attraction was because someone introduced them to pornography super young or somebody did something like, hey, let's, you know, they kissed or something or touched because they're just young boys. And it's like this weird moment, right? Because someone showed that boy, someone abused that boy and that boy then abused that boy and then that boy. And they're struggling because they grow up in a time when everybody's like, it's normal, it's normal, it's normal. And then all these, all these media things around you is half naked men and women. So if you even have an inclination towards the men, now it's getting put in front of you, just like women get put in front of you. And I don't know anything about being attracted to men, but if they still have the same hormones I have and the drive that a man has for a woman, that's a bad combination, right? And it's because it's bombarded into our youth. So you, you guys got it. Listen, I'm telling you, as a man who was just at a Christian school with these young Christian kids raised in Christian homes, if you're not making sure you know who they're spending time with, making sure you know what media they're intaking, you are going to allow them to go down a path of just destruction. I'm just being honest with you. You have to be hands-on parents. We cannot let the world let the kids rule us. All right, I'm off my soapbox, J.D. <laughs> And and again, this goes right back to what we what, what Mark said uh, earlier on in the show. The foundation you set for your children. So we we went out the other day, and and you know we took Dominic to go play uh, some slides and have some you know have some fun outside of the house. And uh, the place where we went was. 11, 12-year-old little girl that was wearing the most revealing clothing. Um, and I'm not even exaggerating when I say you could see everything. You could see everything through her clothing. And, and she walked, paraded right past the table we were sitting at. And I was I was, I was, was blown away. And, and my wife was sitting next to me and I said, 
how does any mom allow allow this this kind of dress code how do you feel comfortable sending your 12 year old little girl out into the world looking this way and and when you look at the every single music video that comes on and all the the modern day music which i can't stomach at all i can't listen to any of it but the you look at it all and you see nothing but lust that's 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 the narrative that's being pumped is is dress provocatively because then you will attract men and and mm-hmm. again this is this is not you're, you're a father of if you're a father of girls um you know that you're not raising your daughter to attract men men yeah. hunt men seek out the woman women are not designed you don't find oh, it you don't see in the, you don't see and then sarah took off her clothes and paraded in front of abraham you you don't see you don't see any of this you don't see anywhere in the bible where where godly women have seduced the men they are with to become their partners have manipulated them to become their partners have flaunted something toward them so that they become their partners this is not how you raise your daughters your daughters should be confident your daughters should stand in truth and again this all comes back to the the are you laying down the right foundation because when it comes to secular music when it comes to tv when it comes to everything that we see um, and and ultimately we we have to be honest to the fact that there's lots of things that we cannot avoid there's lots of things our kids are gonna see there are lots of things our kids are gonna learn but if if the truth is embedded within them then they will know. Then they will know what is right. They will know what is wrong. Ultimately, when it comes to the narrative that's being pushed on our children today, is we said nothing in the 90s. In fact, we enjoyed these TV shows, Will and Grace, Modern Family, all of these these, these TV shows, Friends, um, you, you name it, Every single one of these shows we all watched them we all watched them and we all laughed at them because yeah. what is the big deal what is the big deal when there and then we should have put up we should have put up a front huh. and said this is this you is know what JD? i was actually thinking about this recently that our generation is to blame i think on um at least when the transgender thing at least went because here's the thing i've noticed when we were growing up we did set this weird rule of, you know, blue for it was in my generation that it got heavy with like tomboys. And like, if you were a girl that liked to do boy things, it was a tomboy. And if you were a boy that liked to do girl things, bro, you gay, bro, you gay. Right. And instead of addressing the fact that these things don't belong to men and women, they, they switch genders instead of just saying, you know what? It's okay to be a female that likes to do masculine things you must be stuck in the wrong body. And, and instead of you're a male that likes to do things that we've attributed to feminine things, you're stuck in a female body. And that's, I blame my generation because I believe my generation, and granted, the tomboy thing's been around. I'm not saying, but it was my generation that's the last one of it because right after my generation, you get this, right? So I think that we've, we, yeah. we did control the gender roles so much that it opened up for this. Um, 
because humanity is broken inside and mentally, I think again, without the foundation of Christ, these kids today, they're, it's a social contagion. If any of you have not seen Matt Walsh's, what is a woman? Like whether you like him or not, cause he's Catholic. I'm not a big fan of him or how he acts, but regardless, the documentary was fascinating because it shows how much of a social contagion this is. It's 1.7% for the transgender community, 1.7% of the, of the country, but yet they come out in pockets and it's like that mathematically statistically should not work. It should not happen that way. And we see that the suicide rate doesn't go down when, when they get surgery or acceptance, it's a, it's a serious condition. I was, while JD was talking, I was opening up, you know, the books that they're putting in the schools, uh, born ready pride. Sex is a funny word. Here's a, here's one in my daddy's belly. Like what? What? Like what? This is what they're saying. And legit, <laughs> like your kids would get in trouble if they said something like men can't get pregnant. I just saw a recent person uh, at Congress asking that question saying, can, can men have babies? And the person didn't want to answer it. Like it, the person who identifies this, this and that, and the guy on Congress, uh, you know, doing the question and just like, you can't answer the question. What, what do you think? Like, what are you doing here? You yeah. can't answer the question. And that's so listen, if y'all aren't pouring out Jesus into these people, into your children, this is the world that they're stepping into. You need to build this foundation, guys. And we're not just going to sit on parents, but this is a major one, right? Because we know that there's a lot of people that watch that are parents. But but on top of that, we if you're not a parent, what's the, what's the saying, JD? It takes a, a, um, a village to raise a child, right? If you're not a parent, you're still part of the Christian community because that's another place where we're really failing. I get questions all the time about uh, like yeah. certain things in people's lives about their walk. And if they had a Christian community, their life would be 10 times easier. All the questions I hear all the time. I'm just like, man, if you had a community that, that was more than just go to church together, but like a community, like it would be so much beneficial, but it is never going to get there. If we don't build it. We in the, in the church, yeah, the amen. body of Christ, we've got to build it. We've got to start saying like, I'm going to spend time with people of like-minded faith. Second Timothy says, pursuing peace, joy, and love with those of pure hearts. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And and, yeah, and, and this is the this is the biggest when it comes to the books that they they're forcing on children today. And this is how kids have to they have to agree. And 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 I came across a recording of a of a kid in 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 a school in the United Kingdom, who was ousted because he refused to acknowledge the whole Elbafet soup community, and he uh, he was asked to leave the school. And and one of the things that stood out for me was in this recording, the teacher says to him, "There, your worldview is wrong. Go back home." And ask your parents why they have taught you the wrong thing. Now, this is the Christian worldview that this teacher is referring to. He's told the student that his worldview is wrong. His worldview is outdated. And he needs to go back to his parents and ask his parents why they lied 
to him. So we see the very same thing with the serpent in the garden. He doesn't mm -hmm. just come for the jugular. He doesn't appear to even go, yo, here's an apple. Eat it. Eat it. No. He asks her questions to make her doubt who God is. He brings into question if God is all truthful, if God is all knowing. He brings into question if God really said what he said, if God really meant what he said. And and, and this is ultimately what, what we see now. Going through the comments on Mark's most recent video and, and, and seeing so many of the same comments, people regurgitating something they've heard from Brandon Robertson. Homosexuality was never in the Bible. It was added there. It was added there to control people. Look, Asenakoitai in the Greek is, 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 is very, very clear. Made lying with men. Let me interrupt you one time. Breaking news, the Bible was not written in English. There are no English words yeah. in the Bible. Continue. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and what, we, what we see from this argument is, is exactly what people do on a daily basis is when they start justifying their sin. Yes, 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 what we're not saying. We're not saying that we don't sin. We're saying that we sin and we fall short of the glory. In many areas, we battle more than others. And, and, and by God's grace, as we see in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, by God's grace, I am what I am. And that his mercy and his grace that bestowed upon me was not in vain. And, and what does it mean that God's grace was not bestowed upon me in vain? It means I'm not going sit, to sit still quietly and watch people go off the edge of a cliff, fall to a certain death, and just wave them goodbye. Because mm -hmm. that's the most unloving, hateful thing that a Christian can do in 2024 is allow people to go to their death without even acknowledging the fact that they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing because if they didn't know what they were doing, they wouldn't go to such great lengths to corrupt the word of God. And, and I mean great lengths. These people have gone, the progressive Christian movement have gone to great, great, great lengths to manipulate and twist God's words in a way that it will fit and suit the narrative that they're pushing. Pronouns, this, that, and the other thing. You can identify as whatever you are. God is Amen. a woman. Uh, they've, oh. they've, 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 they've gone all the way out with their ideology. So when we go back to the text, and we can, it doesn't matter what English translation you pick up, you will find it says the same thing. Because that Greek word there, osinokoitai, which can be translated in many different ways, always is translated back to men lying with men and woman lying with woman. I said this already earlier, though. You can have that. Even if you were to try and say that word doesn't exist, I don't care because the description is there. Right. Like I say this all the time, but if the Bible talks about a wooden chair, not a wooden chair, sorry, a piece of wood with four legs that I sit on, then that's a chair. It doesn't have to use the word chair. If it describes a chair, it describes it. Words describe things. Right. So if the Bible wasn't written in English, it was written in Greek and Hebrew. And those words originally mean something that describe things. We then use our language to describe the same things. It's describing homosexuality. Men abandoning natural relations to perform things that are contrary to na uh, their nature with men, shameless acts of lust, right? 
Um, so, but I wanted to read this because what you were saying, I feel like Ephesians 5 just needs to be read right now. So, like, I'm just going to read this real quick. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and, and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. So if it must not even be named among you, wouldn't you think that that means someone that doesn't condone it, someone that doesn't allow it? Remember, Romans 1 says that there are those that even by condoning it, God is upset with. Not only do they do it, but they condone those who do it. It says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. What does that mean? It means we're, we're always glorifying God and thanking God for what we have, not sitting here uh, playing these games like the world plays with this disgustingness. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon them, upon the sons of disobedience. I, I, I don't know if you realize this, but it's what I read here is Paul warning you of false Christians in the church. Let them Don't let them deceive you because they're liars, their action, and then compares them to who? Judas, son of a, a son of disobedience, right? And, and, and these false believers. John talks about the same thing. If someone says they know God but walk in darkness, they are liars. So how do we how do we distinguish us in them? I love this fact that someone commented earlier, JD, on one of my on that video. And he said, this is the reason why Christians leave churches. And I said, good. I hope more do because that's what we need to be doing. We need to stop preaching soft messages. We need to start preaching so that false believers get uncomfortable. I, I want you to be uncomfortable if you're a false believer. I want you to feel convicted. That's so, and I think Paul is saying the same. Hey, don't even be near them. Separate from them yeah. because they're out here and they claim to be Christian. They's dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. It's also talk about non-believers as well. So don't go thinking I'm only saying that, but I'm, I'm just pointing out that I do believe that this also incorporates believers or false believers. But now you are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. But yet here's, yeah, here's what, what, here's what Christians do today. I was, I went, to the, I went to the pride event as a, um, as a Christian sniper so that, you know, I just want to let them know I love them in my, in my pride outfit as a sniper. What did it say? Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And you want to know how you expose darkness by you can be present there, but it's that you walk in the light because when darkness is near light, it shines for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is, is exposed by the light, it becomes visible for anything that becomes visible is light. Listen, I don't think a lot of people realize what this is saying. If you go around what is dark and you walk in the light the way that Christ has called you, then that is also a way of preaching the gospel because your light will, will wake somebody up. Because somebody in that group that you don't even know is watching might recognize how dirty they feel 
because they recognize the light that is in you. Yeah, the group will be like, get out of here, you disgusting Christian, we hate you. But one person might have saw the fruits of his people screaming profanities, disgust. Like, you don't think that matters? If someone is on the fence and then you come with light and love, not anger, not provoking, and you're just like, hey, I just wanted to talk to you guys and tell you about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I care about you. And and, and they're like, screw you, you piece of this, this, and that. Someone might be like, wow, I don't, I don't want to be like that. Is that, is that how we act when, when these Christians try to be kind, be a light, Yeah. be a light yeah. and walk Amen. in a light so that when you come around them, it can't help, but be seen. And he continues, he quotes, uh, sorry, JD, I'll let you jump in. You want to jump in real quick? Yeah. And I was just going to say, that's exactly it. When, when you go to these events, the first thing that uh, people will claim that they they know Jesus and they'll say, do you affirm or do you stand or do you agree with the, you know, LBGT, whatever? Do you agree with us? Do you affirm us? Are you an ally of us? And in the moment you say, absolutely not, then the picket fences, the, you know, the pitchforks come out and the profanities come out. So, so yes, 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 exactly how Mark has already established it. Just think to yourself, if someone says, are you an affirming, do you affirm our community? You can you can answer by saying I, I affirm you as much as I affirm husbands beating their wives. I affirm, <laughs> you know, it's 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 honestly that's how ridiculous the question is. I affirm that as much as I, uh, you know, child labor and child trafficking. I affirm all of these things because mm-hmm. in order for me to affirm you, I need to affirm everything else. That is evil. I affirm drunkenness. I affirm everything. I affirm getting shot up, doing a couple of lines, falling on your face, lying in your own vomit. I affirm all the above because Mm -hmm. that's the only way. And this is what Christians don't realize. By stepping, by not exposing the darkness and not, not arising, as it says there, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. What does he say to us in Colossians? We were dead in our trespasses. We were dead enemies of the cross, of Christ, enemies of God. So the moment you step into that that bubble of, I'll affirm this for the sake of being loving, you're not a loving Christian. You've become a tolerant Christian and you've become tolerant of sin. And again, we go right back to the first century. This is not a new thing. Paul wrote about this in Romans 1, people. This is not something that's just happened in 2024. And that's also the mindset that needs to change. Men were lying with men. Women were lying with women. And and it was addressed to the Romans. It was addressed to them. We know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. These, These are not new things. It's not like the lust of 2024 is any different than the lust of the flesh was the moment sin entered into man. So when we address this, we have to address it with the fact that these problems have been facing or plagued by humanity or been plaguing humanity since the inception, since the fall. And and we have only one response to that, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. That is true belief in the gospel message. That is believing that I am a sinner in need of a savior. That is believing that I am not capable of standing before.
before a thrice holy God one day and justify every any single one of my deeds or actions, whether good or bad. I am saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. And if you truly believe that, you have a high view of the word of God. A very, very high view. Boom, 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 boom. Um, so I wanted to, Address. I saw this question. It says, if a gay person believes, are they saved and forgiven of their sins? And I thought of something when they said that, that it, not, not just with this topic, but we need to stop asking the question of if someone does, it, it believes, uh, are they saved? And, and looking at it that way, because that's a weird question. How about this? Is the person pursuing Jesus? Because if, if he's gay and he's pursuing Jesus and he's fighting his temptations, then that's different than a person who's like, I believe, and they're not, and they're just sitting there in their sin, right? I don't know a man's heart. Can a man be saved while dealing with those attractions? Yes, because we all have attractions. In fact, if any of you talk with someone uh, about this, let me just go over some things that you can learn how to say to them. When you evangelize to someone in this community, there's things you need to address. Number one, you need to address to them that you're not denying their right to love. You're denying uh, uh, the fact that love never meant what they think it means. So if you look at today's dictionary definition of love, it's a deep affection. But we know biblically love has nothing to do with feelings and everything to do with choices, right? And there's four different types of love in the Bible alone. Um, there's love that you have for your brothers. That's phileo love. You have love that you have for your family. That's storge love. You have love that's intimate between you and your wife or wife and husband, and that's Eros love. Then there's the love of God, which is agape, right? So there's these different loves. So first of all, if anyone tries to say, well, God is love and we're just loving. Nah, well, first of all, pause. That's not what love means, and this is the type of love that God is. God is selfless love. You're talking about something selfish in the first place because what you're saying is I want to go against God's order because it feels good for me. Even though God's order is purposeful to give life to the world and to produce, and we're also complementary to each other, you would rather be selfish for yourself. So it's the opposite of God's love. And on top of that, 1 John chapter 3 makes it clear that we are called not to love the things of the world. So there's commands of not loving as well. But we have to make sure they understand that it's not love, but lust. I love my boys. I don't want to sleep with my boys. Like I love JD. Don't want to sleep with him. Right. Sleeping, wanting to sleep with him would come from lust. Cause I love him as much as you can love anyone. I love JD as much as you can love anyone, except my wife. That's a different type of love because I have an intimate love with her. But I love JD as close as it could be. I would die for him. I would ride for him. I would do whatever he needs for me. So when you have these conversations, and then they're going to say, well, what about the people that are born this way? Well, no, you're not born that way. You're born in a sinful body, and you have sinful desires, and we all have different sinful desires that we ought not do. I have sinful desires that I ought not do. Every man deals with sinful desires in some way or another. Every woman deals with sinful desires that we ought not do. The problem is that the world has desensitized that to something that you ought to do. If you feel it, do it. We still don't feel that way about other things, although things are starting to also fall with the dominoes. Now we got minor attracted people. So there's a feeling like, hey, I ought to do it. it feels right. But right now we're at the point where uh, adultery, for example, if I woke up, and just, hey, tomorrow morning I wake up and I'm just like, man, I really want something different than my wife. That's a desire. If I got that desire and followed it, 
I've now broken a covenant with my wife and I've stepped outside of the, the covenant of my marriage and against my, the, what I am. I'm, I'm married to my wife. I'm one flesh with her. So even if Satan somehow got that desire into me, it's my job to fight against it and not do it because I ought not do it. Likewise, if someone has a desire of lust of the same sex, then when you teach, when you're talking to them and they're asking you this question about like, so I'm not supposed to have this desire anymore. No, no one's saying that you're not alone in this either, because here's what people say. Oh, so someone's supposed to come to your church and just become uh, uh, straight. No. No, they're supposed to be like every other Christian walking with some things, some desires that they ought not do. And they'll have people that are by them side to help them walk in those desires that they ought not do. No one's saying that it's wrong to have the desires. It is, but no one's saying you're alone to have the desires. Yes, those, those desires are sinful and we all got them. And that's why we need Jesus, because even if we control our desires, our desires alone are enough to send us to hell. Jesus said, if you look at a woman with lust, you have committed adultery in your heart. This is why people that say you can lose your salvation have no idea of what the degree of sin really is. Because if you understood the degree of sin, you would understand that your heart condemns you before you even have a chance to decide on whether to follow the desire or not. Like we all need Jesus for that part. You're guilty before you even had a chance to think about whether you want to be guilty or not. You were guilty, but it's our job to fight those desires. And, and, and let me go back up and finish Ephesians uh, five for what we were saying. Cause I think it, it plays such a good part. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Think about that in our society today. How many people will let an entire day pass? We sit on the phone scrolling. I'm guilty, guys, with you. I'm on there with you. Netflix, binging a show for hours, doing things that you shouldn't be doing, just wasting time, wasting every weekend going out to drink and doing the exact same thing, falling into the same situations and putting yourself in situations to be sinful as well. Look at how we waste our time. And he says, use your time better. He then says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. When I was reading this while JD was talking, I almost teared up because I, I, I saw something I've never seen in the Christian community and I wish I could partake in it. He said, addressing one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, but then submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And my mind immediately went to Romans 12. And I thought about when it says, this is a line that's always been so beautiful to me. And I'm like, I wonder what that looks like. I, I, I wonder what, why does it keep putting it over there? Stop. I wonder what this looks like. Why does it keep doing that? Sorry, guys. I'm literally typing it in. Jeez, there we go. And it says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. Wait, I missed the part I was actually looking for too. Oh, up here. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. 
And then we just read in Ephesians submitting to each other. Like, think about the community that God calls us to be in. And, and I always get asked the question, Mike, should we go to church and this, this, and that? And it's like, I don't know where you guys, wh where people are at in their faith. But if I didn't have a church, even because like, hey, let's say I didn't have good churches around me. I would be craving it though. Like, the, it wouldn't be a question of, Mike, do I have to go to church? It would be just, you know, I hope I find a good church one day. I hope I find a church that I can go to. Because we're the body of Christ. We're not the person of Christ. I'm not the, the I'm not the body of Christ. I'm not just with Christ alone. It's a body. It's a body of believers in harmony with each other, building each other up. Like, how beautiful does that sound to be outdoing one another with honor? No, you go first. No, brother, you go. Hey, I noticed you needed something before you even ask. Can I get it for you? Hey, I noticed that your wife was asking you about that. I got a copy over here. Let me go. Like, just, you know, like, oh, man, I, I crave that right there. I can't wait. Oh, you're muted. My bad. And and that's exactly. Hey, I'm going to let you take over. I got to go uh, run to the bathroom. That's exactly. That's exactly it. So when when we go and, and, and we look at the life and the ministry of Christ, and, and, and quite frankly, we've got a whole lot of Christians who spend very little time reading the Gospels and when you read the gospels and you and you and you put matthew mark and luke in parallel to one another and you read the events that transpired with christ jesus and man one of the one of the greatest greatest parables for me is is the woman at the well um and 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 this is this is the parable i use or well the story i use when we when addressing these people who have adapted this mindset that I can pursue the lusts of the flesh and Jesus at the same time. And, and one of the most beautiful stories what we see in the Bible is the story of the woman in the well, because what Jesus Christ does with this woman is he identifies, he identifies what she's looking for. She's she's not looking for a man. She's not always she's she's been with all these men, but that's not what she's looking for. What Christ identifies within the woman at the well is that she's looking for love. She's thirsty. She's thirsty for love. And this is why Jesus Christ says to her, I can give you water, living water, and you will never thirst ever again. You will never thirst ever again. So when, you know, I saw a lot of the questions pop up in the chat and, and to address them right now is, is when we speak to members of the rainbow community, it is important to identify that they are searching for love. They're searching for acceptance, but pointing to them that they've searched for that love and that acceptance in the wrong places. They've, they've gone looking for a love which can only be given to us by Christ, which can only be given to us by God himself, and searching for that love outside of the gospel is what leads them to pursue the lusts of the flesh. Because every single love we experience 
in 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 the flesh uh, is is temporal and fleeting it's it's not going to last it is a love that will that will die and ultimately when we look at the story of Jesus Christ and the woman at the well he identifies that she is lonely and seeking love she is thirsty and starving 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 of love that she can only receive from Christ and when he responds to her and he says to her you have been you have been married multiple times and the man you are staying with right now is not your husband and he says to her go and sin no more again he is identified with her he has met her in the place where her deepest need is when we tell people that Jesus Christ meets you in that place where you are. It doesn't matter what sin you, 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 you there's 137 people on, in the chat right now. It doesn't matter what sin is plaguing your life right now. Jesus Christ meets you in that place and rescues you from that sin when you seek him out, when you realize what that sin is. And what I mean by that is, is we can, we can pussyfoot around the idea of, of, of sin all day, every day, what sin is worse and which, which sin is more tragic or whatever the case may be. But the reality of it is, is that all sin, we have all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. So when we have these conversations, and that's why I say I don't, I'm not a hellfire preacher. I don't go stand on corners telling people to turn or burn. Rather, ask the relevant questions, establish their worldview. How did they get to thinking that way? Because most people have been so desensitized to the reality around them that they have lost all scope and all shape of what reality truly is. The world we truly live in is plagued by sin. The world we are a part of is torn and it is broken. And, and this is why we go to Colossians and we see that, that, that there is only one cure. What is the problem? The problem is sin. What is the cure to that problem? The cure is Jesus Christ. And, and, and before I let Mike take over again, we, there's something called the cobra effect. And I'm just going to tell you guys, and this is, this is how the world tries to deal with problems, is, is, is the cobra effect. So in colonial India, many, many years ago, they had a problem with cobras. They had a problem with cobras. So what they did was the, the, it was still under English rule at the time. And what the, the Englishmen did was is they offered a bounty for cobra skins. They offered a bounty for cobra skins. So you brought the dead cobra and you were paid for that dead cobra. So for a while, the cobra problem seemed to go away. For a while, the problem seemed to disappear. But then all of a sudden, there were more cobras than they had ever seen before. So what the Indian people learned was they could farm these cobras and simply take the cobra skins for the bounty. Because this way, they didn't even have to go to work. They could just farm cobras and get collect the bounty. So what happened was, for a short while, the problem was taken care of, but then the problem was it actually came back 10 times more severe than it was before. 
and we see the same and 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 now all of a sudden there's more cobras than there was ever before and then they had to cancel the bounty the same thing happened in colombia colombia had a problem with 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 traffic so they said people with odd number plates could drive mondays wednesdays and fridays and people with even number plates could drive tuesdays thursdays and saturdays and then what happened was instead of reducing traffic and reducing emissions people went and bought two cars with one with an odd and one with an even so now they were just doubling up so what is the point of this the cobra effect is 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 creating a fake antidote a false vaccine for the problem and what we've done in modern day christendom is create false antidotes for the problem of sin we've yeah. created false cures we've created illusions and lies and told people that you can live this way and be saved and 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 this is easy believism mixed with a hint of gnosticism and ultimately it is not the gospel the gospel confronts the sin hebrews 4:12 says the word of god is sharper than any sword it is sharper than any two-edged sword in the world and it cuts down to the dividing sunder and the bone and the marrow of the man myself michael to come to a place where we said we're going to serve Christ and by saying that out loud by confessing with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believing that God raised him from the dead something changes within you the gospel takes a hold of your heart and you are confronted at those secret sins that no one knows about it's not just the sins people see it's those sins that no one sees it's the it's the problem with anger or irritation it's the problem with losing your temper for no reason. It's it's things that men, especially who, who come from a background of, of violence, who come from the streets, who come from dealing with problems with their fists, they are now confronted with, with their own, their own hidden sins. And, and Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ changed me. I can never, ever stand in front of someone who is a part of that community and look at them as any less of a human being. I look at them and I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry yeah. for them and my heart bleeds for them because their yeah. worldview has been tainted by Satan. And the only cure is Jesus Christ. We can Amen. go backwards and forwards and we can make lots of videos and we can go up and down. With, with what we need to do. But the truth is, is we need to preach the gospel in season, out of season. We need to stand for the truth of Jesus Christ, confront the sin, confront the issue, and let them know we do love you. We love you more than you love you. And that's why we're telling you, we love you more than you love you. And this is why we're telling you, we cannot accept, affiliate, align, at all ever with this kind of thinking because it's contrary to the thinking of Christ. And, and with that being said, if, if there's anyone in the chat who's dealing with those self with, 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 you know, thoughts of self harm with thoughts, with same sex attraction, with constant anxiety, if you're riddled with fear, all of these are products of your worldview and what you've exposed yourself to. If you're mm -hmm. spending more time watching Netflix, we've said this so many times, than you are spending reading the Bible with us, then you are spending 
in your in the word of God, that you are reaching out to brothers and sisters in Christ and saying, this is where I fall short. I need help. I need prayer. Then you will not overcome it. You can never overcome it. You are no measure. You in the flesh are no measure for the forces of hell and darkness. It is only by Christ we overcome. And this is why we say we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Yet while we were still sinners, Christ extended, God extended his love towards us and Christ died for our sins. This is the gospel message. It is not your feelings, your emotions, and a certain wave of things you are going through at a certain time that determine the gospel. The gospel has already been established since the inception of time. The gospel changes lives. The gospel saves. Amen. And if it wasn't for the gospel, we wouldn't be bold about this message. If it wasn't about the truth of the gospel, this podcast is in vain. Our faith is in vain. Our prayers are in vain. Our exhortation is in vain. And ultimately, the, the and I said this to Mark the other day, of all men, as Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians 15, of all men, we are by far the most hopeless. If the only hope we have is Christ. Amen. Amen, bro. No, and, and and that's exactly what we need to end this episode on emphasizing here for this final 15 minutes or whatever it is. And that is that, and all I can think about when JD was talking is this, I don't want any of you to regret not doing more for the kingdom, right? What do I mean by that? None of JD and I aren't sitting here talking about salvation tonight. If you haven't realized, right, we're talking to believers our messages for believers and your failures in the things that we're saying can lead to a harder life and rougher sanctification and lack of rewards. But we're not talking about falling away or anything like that. God punishes you. In fact, I was talking to my mom earlier today about, uh, you know, in her life that God probably, uh, she thought that she fell away, right? Cause my mom's Catholic. So, you know, they believe they can fall away. And she mentioned a moment in her life when she fell away. And I said, you didn't fall away. God checked your pride. God took things from you so you can know that it's him that provides. He takes from you so that you can put your dependence on him sometimes. And um, I've really learned that myself, that in moments where you think that you're doing something, he'll take from you to remind you, bro, you wasn't doing nothing without me. I, I gave it to you. This is what Job means with the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh, because he'll take from you just as much as he'll give to you to remind you that it's all from me. And we all need to be focused on, um, exactly what, what we have right now, guys, we live in a country where like you being able to talk about Jesus, like, I don't want to be that guy, but it could be gone. Like, it's not un. first of all, we know that day will come. The real question is, are we really close to that or not? Because other countries have demonstrated that. Um, yeah. Imagine, imagine not being able to talk about it and knowing you had all these years to talk about it. Imagine that feeling that, and, and, and I'm not talking about you have to street preach. There's lots of things you could do, lots of different ways. But my point is, ask yourself this now, because in America, God, I mean, not God, sorry. <laughs> Oof. Father, forgive me. Satan, the God of this world, has uh, created lazy Christians. He has convinced Christians to be lazy. And we have Christians in this country that don't even think about the kingdom. Ask yourself. Every day you should ask yourself, if I, when you pray at night, say, Lord, if today's the last day, I'm ready. 
And if you can get to that point and you're not feeling like you, like if you're not ready to go, then you have failed. Cause every day we should finish our night being okay. Dying because the Lord said that you're not guaranteed tomorrow. It's arrogance for you to boast to think you have tomorrow. So why are you living life? Like I'll do anything tomorrow. The only thing that I should do tomorrow are things I literally can't do today. Like things I have to put off literally to tomorrow. But tonight when I pray, Lord, if I don't wake up tomorrow, thank you for today. And if it be your will tomorrow, let tomorrow be another day I have an opportunity to serve you. Because I'm going to be honest with you. If you all could fast forward a thousand years into the future and peek into your eternity, do you think that version of you in the in the future is looking back and happy that you spent more time on Netflix? Do you think that version of you is upset about you missing the show that you spent a week being upset about? Do you think that version of you is stressed about the nonsense that happened at the job when you were when you were in the flesh? Do you think that version of you thought it was worth it to drop 5000 on that ticket to go see Taylor Swift when you could have used that 5000 for your family to just grow together in a vacation maybe, right? Like I'm literally just saying sometimes we need to ask ourselves what am I doing and I'm so guilty for this. I struggle with laziness sometimes and I get tired and my body's just like, uh, the Marine Corps beat me up and, and I don't want to do something. But in today's society, you might lose that opportunity to preach tomorrow. You really might. We, we never know when that opportunity might be snatched up from us. And at the same time, with the way that this other stuff in our country is growing with LGBT and all this, like we're slowly really losing people to talk about it with. Right. So, I would hate for any of you to regret a moment where you're like, I had an opportunity and I missed it. I had an opportunity to love somebody and I missed it. Like, I don't know about you guys, but that's that parable that Jesus tells. That's one of the saddest parables ever. When he says, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. Can you imagine Jesus saying that to you? Cause I can't, I'll throw up. (laughs) You know what, Lord, if my Lord said it to me, like, you know what, Lord, toss me in hell. Don't even forgive me. Don't even forgive me, Lord. Like that's messed up. I didn't do that for you, Lord. I didn't love you, Lord. But he said that what you do to the least of them. And I don't just look at that with feeding. I look at that, like I said earlier, saying something. Just, man, I know it's, listen, I know that it can be embarrassing because our society has made it look like a stigma, has made Christianity look like it's weird. And it's so much so that he gets us, doesn't even like calling itself Christian. We didn't even get to talk about that tonight, but. Uh, we'll save that for the yeah. next one. Um, but like push through it, man. It's okay. Be embarrassed for Christ. Just do it. And if you want to know how Justin, myself, and I'm sure JD can attest to this, we're not always re- like excited to go do the things that we feel God calling us to get there. No matter what you have to do, get yourself there and trust that once you get yourself there, he's got you. He's got you. Whatever it might be yeah. for me, it's street preaching. So regardless of the butterflies in my stomach and the nervousness and the excuses that I could make, like, you know what? Maybe I just can't make it. Maybe I'll let Justin do this on his own or maybe I'll just get myself there because when I'm there, he's not going to let me be alone. He said that he will be there in those times that you need him. But if you don't get yourself to that place, then he has no reason to step in and help you. you, you you're being lazy. Whatever it is, go don't yeah. um, go do go donate your time somewhere. Go feed. Go to the local ch- place and your local homeless shelter and fold clothes in the back. Find a way to just Amen. love people and find a way to. You don't have to go out and preach like we do. Just love people. And when they ask you like why, no one ever stops and helps me. Just say because I love people just like my Lord loves people because 
no one had to stop for me, but he did. Like, there's your opportunity. Like, I just want to do for people what the Lord did for me. That's it. Yeah. And maybe that person says, well, I want to know him. And maybe they don't. Hey, okay. Guess what? If you yeah. do it and they say nothing, cool. Because tomorrow John does it. And then JD does it. And then Iris does it. And then Hokage does it. And then Nia does it. And then Kayla does it. And then Archangel does it. And then when Rhonda does it, they're like, all right, I need to know who this Lord y'all talking about. Huh? Like, I don't, okay. Amen. Where are you? At? Amen. Because y'all all cheerful as a man. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. I mean, and it, it, it just goes back to, want, yeah. Amen. Any way you want, any way you want. And I mean, this goes right back to, right back to Acts chapter 20, where Paul says, I've gone about preaching the gospel of, of the kingdom from house to house, from town to town, warning, warning every single one of you night and day with tears, warning. Notice what he says there, warning. What is he warning them of? about the false ones that will come in. And he says, from even from among yourselves, will false prophets arise, leading away the flock after themselves. And this is what we see with the pro progressive Christianity movement, the prosperity gospel movement, the word of faith movement. These prophets that come on here like celestial, claiming that dinosaurs are going to come back to this earth in the flesh you, you've got and you've got people amening this crap and then this is where the righteous anger takes a hold of me of mike of anyone who has reverence for the word of god because you actually think you actually think that you have the authority to speak for god which makes me sick to my stomach it makes me sick to my stomach that people will go and amen this crap when we've got a written word, which they will never, ever open up. They don't open up because how, how do we know they don't open up their Bibles? Because when we speak Bible, we're told we're being hateful and judgmental. When we're told that we're, we're, we're not tolerant enough, we're not loving enough, we're arrogant. We're arrogant. I'm not arrogant. Uh, I'm not arrogant. And, and, and one of the ladies on Discord, please, please reach out to Rhonda. She needs to talk to someone soon. So I hope you guys, any of the mods that are in here, um, please reach out to Rhonda soon so that she can get that, what we're looking for. And ultimately, if, if, if you guys have been coming back to this podcast again and again, we are extremely grateful for the fact that you guys support the page and like the videos and share the videos. But what I am more grateful about are those handful of individuals who I have physically been able to witness their growth in Christ. I've witnessed their boldness in Jesus. I've witnessed them moving from milk to meat and stand mm -hmm. up for truth. And this, this is the purpose of our preaching. This is the purpose. So that those who are outside of the faith may come to the knowledge of the truth and belief in the gospel. And that those that have already believed the gospel will grow unto maturity. That they will move unto perfection. That they will move past the foundational things as we see in Hebrews chapter 6. That we grow together in Christ. That we see this boldness that Peter exhibited in his, in his ministry, in his time. And I... I mean, go to Second Peter quickly. You go to Second Peter and you see 
you see how he speaks before he dies. Look, look at how Second Peter. Uh, actually, wrote it down. Yeah, Second Peter, chapter two. Uh, where did I write down? Second Peter. Second uh, Peter one thirteen. Second Peter. Uh, Chapter 1 from verse 13. Just want to read this to you guys quickly. Now, Peter knows he's about to, he knows he's about to die. And 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 look what he look at what how he ends off. He says, I think it right, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by a way of reminder, since I know that the, that the putting off of my body will be soon. I'm gonna die soon, guys. And as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we power. were eyewitnesses of his majesty. What is he talking about? You go to Matthew and you see the transfiguration of Christ and Peter and John uh, they witness the transfiguration. They witness the glory of God. The same way Moses came down the mountain and he had to be veiled because he, he's, his face was shining so brightly. They witnessed the transfiguration of Christ. They witnessed Moses and Elijah with him. Mm -hmm. And for when we received honor and glory from God the Father uh, and the voice was borne to him by majestic glory, this is my beloved son with who I am well pleased, quoting from the transfiguration. We ourselves mm -hmm. heard this voice born from heaven. We were with him on the holy mountain. We gave the prophetic word. Listen, we gave, not someone will come and give, not someone will come after us and give. We have, we have the prophetic word and more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but ooh, men spoke ooh. from God. Stop, stop, eh? stop. You, wait, ooh. Yeah. So yeah. you can't say, prophesy for me, and I say, okay, no, no. <laughs> no nothing not a single prophecy was ever given in this way but men spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit and then he goes on to rebuke false teachers and false prophets listen to the key words of this passage they witnessed the majesty of Christ. They saw the transfiguration. They were given the final authority and they relayed this message. And what does he say? I, I'm bringing this to your attention as a reminder to you. This means none of us are walking up the holy mountain today and seeing the transfiguration of Christ. None of us. None of us have seen Christ today in the flesh, but we have the written word of God. and No prophecy. No prophecy is but given by the will of men. None whatsoever. This is Second Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And, and again, that's why I recall. We recall that there were eyewitnesses. There were eyewitnesses who saw the transfiguration of Christ. They saw the resurrected Christ Jesus. And then 
their account, their witness account is the one we follow. How can a 20-year-old male walk in Christ daily and stay out of the world and start helping people with the day-to-day? Focus on the gospel. Focus on the gospel. Because every single good work that abounds out of us is already been predestined by God once we believe. So focus on Christ. And, and don't focus on work. Don't focus on how you're going to attack it and how you're going to do the next thing. My life changes constantly. Constantly having to readjust, remove, rechange, realign. And ultimately, God still provides. God still makes a way. God still opens up doors for us to preach the gospel to someone else every single day. Every day, I'm able to share the gospel with someone else. And if it, even if it is, even if it is, there it is. And even if it is, just going to the grocery store to get some milk, there is an opportunity. So stop looking for the perfect way to, to start your ministry. I like Trust that you God. said that. That's a good transition because I, I wrote down a couple of things while you were uh, delivering that heavy sermon right there. Um, ways to serve is what I wrote down because I wanted to share because some people don't realize this. And, and this is what we're going to end with. J.D., if you have to go, let me know. Um, but some people always question, how do I serve? And I think the problem is a lot of you look outward to see how others serve and you're trying to figure out how can I do what they do. And the truth is use what God's given you a gift of. If you're good with video games, use video games. If you're good with cooking, use cooking. Uh, if you're good with uh, cleaning, use cleaning. Uh, whatever you're good at, if you're good at building, use what God, the gifts that God has given you. I love what uh, Paul says to Timothy, his son in the faith, in the opening of his final letter to him, um, saying like, I wish I could be there with you, right? And he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You see, God has given you all a gift. And if you don't utilize it for God, that flame gets real small and you have to, you have to fan that flame up. And how do we do that? By utilizing it. Use your gift for God. You don't have to be the guy to preach. You can support the person that preaches. You can clean at the church. You can go to someone's home. You can shake a hand. You can hug somebody. You can do one more thing. And if you don't know what your gifts are, then you need to just be, I don't, finding out what your gifts in life are, are like finding out what sports you're good at. You won't know till you try, right? Try things. If you've never served, go serve. If you never served in a kitchen, go serve in a kitchen. If you've never served on the streets, go serve on the streets. If you never spent time asking the church, do you need help with filing paperwork? I'm saying if you don't know things you're good at already, then go out and do things and find out what you're good at. Now, if you're asking, how do I find out what my spiritual gifts are? That's something you need to pay attention to in just your life and serving God. But you won't find out prior to serving God. It's not something you're going to be like, hmm, I bet I'm this. Yes, there are tests you can take and the tests can help you figure out at least where you lean, but they're not going to be 100% accurate. The best way in my advice is when you are at your church getting the, and, and doing things with the people of your church, ask them, say, hey, can, can you let me know what do you see me thriving in? And if you're not spending time at church, then they're not going to be able to help you. But for example, people in my church are able to say, well, Mike, we see this gift and we see this gift because I'm around them enough to where they can see that it's evident. People around you in the body of Christ can help you.
by saying that like, Hey Mike, cause here's the truth. You'll look for the gift you want. I talked about this in my live stream earlier. Everybody wants the gift of prophecy. No, nobody wants the gift of generosity, but I'm around you. So maybe I say, Hey Mike, I've noticed uh, every time that you have to give, you smile, you look to give, you love giving. I, I see it. I don't know if you've noticed it, but it's almost like you have to do so. And 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 I can point that out from the outside with ease because I'm not going to have a bias towards what gift you want, right? So I'm just naming one um, off the top of my head. Um, and then two things came to my head as well while JD was talking that I forgot to mention earlier that I just wanted to throw out there. The first one is for the parents. We were talking about parents um, and, and what we allow these kids to see. Um, if you're not familiar with this yet, I brought up two of them. So Common Sense Media and IMDB Parent Guide. Like if you don't know about this, you should 100% be checking it before your kids watch something. So here's Elemental. I typed it in. The reason why our kids can't watch it is because I went on one of these and I found out we have a Wade has a queer relative whose girlfriend is introduced to Ember. So this told me that they have queer stuff in the movie, even if it's only this much regardless. All right. Well, thanks for letting me know. All right. I can also find out what language it uses. Dang, what the, and a couple curse words, stand-ins like ash for lazy ash fluffing. Um, so I say, oh, so you replace effing with fluffing, right? So, or it'll say like 18, oh my gods. And that tells me you can type in the name of the movie and type in parent guide, either common sense media has a good one. And then IMDB will, tell you about profanity, violence, sex, and nudity, um, et cetera, right? So just wanted to throw it out there for fellow parents because we have to make sure that you know what they're watching. And then one last part about parents is your friends. If you have friends of the world, don't expect your kids to not have friends of the world. If you tell your friends, be careful who you hang out with, but then you bring people around your house, because I know people that bring people around their kids that are all about the things that they're not about. And it's like, what are you, what are you teaching your child if Uncle John that comes over all the time is always talking about, well, I had this girl in my house. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, little nephew? You got them little girls looking at you like that? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like if and, and and encouraging certain things. So make sure that you're setting an example in everything that you do and how you walk in this world. Cause if you tell your kid, don't, don't be talking about this stuff, don't get involved with this stuff, but then you do it. Like, right? Kids aren't stupid. Kids aren't stupid at all. They recognize hypocrites. And there's a lot of kids today that grew up to be atheists because they said their parents were hypocrites. Like, yeah, my dad talked about the Bible, but then I watched him beat my mom. You know, or or my dad talked about the Bible, but then like when mom was in the room, he used to put on this stuff on TV and talk about these girls and et cetera, et cetera. Like their kid, your kids notice these things. So yeah, but yeah. we're at the end of the we are at the end of the night, JD. There's another, another, another episode has come to an end, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be getting the Bible reading this week. Um, so sorry about that, guys. Last week uh, was was on me. Um, no, I was sick. It was, but, that was, that uh, was on me. Oh yeah, you had no voice. Had yeah, no unless voice. you want to take credit for it. Yeah, it was all JD. Shame on JD. <laughs> And and we rebuke him in front of the and so this is the rebuke in the front of everybody. Jesus said, "Get him and bring him to the church." So church, here he is. Oops, sorry, that side. Uh, we, we rebuke him, and hopefully we don't have to do this again. Okay, I don't want to see you here in this capacity. Let's make sure that we're getting things done properly, guys. Make sure you're hitting that like button. You're hitting that subscribe button. Also, uh, uh, we'll be hanging out after this. Um, 
over on uh, uh, the TikTok. Um, but it will be on my gaming channel, actually, probably. I don't know. We'll see. Just one of them will pop up live. Uh, but I'll see you guys there for the after show to talk about the things that we didn't, that people on TikTok weren't able to see. And um, yeah, we will definitely uh, be back Wednesday with another episode. Who knows what the conversation will be? Maybe we stay inside this area and start going down that route a little bit more. Uh, who knows? But you got anything, JD? What side are you on? Yeah, I think, I think definitely maybe Wednesday we can go into a lot more scriptures because we didn't pull up a lot tonight but there are a lot that i wanted to refer and wanted to reference uh, that we didn't get to simply because we're speaking from from a point of view that as a christian this is how you are to respond so uh maybe wednesday we'll just dive deeper into it and actually the scriptures yeah to give you the biblical refutation for why um we need to respond the way we respond so uh thanks to everybody that that came out tonight and um Everybody that liked and subscribed, I pray that the, the scriptures that were read blessed you and edified you. And um, ultimately, we're grateful for all of you. We love you all. Um, sorry if uh, we haven't responded to any messages, private messages, emails, but uh, we will get to them um, in due time. Um, I love you yeah. all and uh, grace and peace. See you on Wednesday. Yep. And um, I saw someone comment asking us to end in prayer. So I'm going to go ahead and pray us out and then we'll get out of here. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to come together as this virtual community, uh, this group of people that are starting to recognize each other. Um, and, and I thank you for allowing them to have each other. And I, I thank you for allowing JD and myself to be uh, involved in such a thing um, because we don't deserve it. And we all just want to come here and glorify you together. So, Father, I pray that your spirit moves in these conversations, that you give discernment to each and every one listening in case J.D. or myself are wrong. Give them the discernment to recognize it and the courage to correct us. Uh, um, and please, Father, just let you be the focal point. Don't let it ever be anyone else. And let us focus on you. Let us focus on bringing the gospel to those that need it. And let us focus on being a light in this world. So, Father, we ask you to shine bright in us because without you shining, uh, we can't be a light. We need you before we can do anything. So we praise your holy name in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Guys, love you all.